0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I got something I'm really excited to teach tonight, but I have to give a little preface to it, a little warning. <laughs> It's really good and, it, and it's probably not anything new. I might have a few scriptures that you haven't normally heard going along with what I'm going to talk about. But um, what I'm going to talk about tonight, we'll go ahead, first of all, and turn to Genesis 1. I'm going to talk about words. And when we talk about words and things that we say, like, what about our words? Well, I want to make sure that everyone in here is just totally thinking of themselves. Because it's so easy to think of like five or ten other people who say certain things. and You're like, oh, I know they say this. I know they say that. But promise me, say this after me, say, I'm going to judge myself. (laughs) <laughs> okay, are you guys ready? Do you feel like you're about to get on a roller coaster or something? Are you a little nervous? Because <laughs> I've got good stuff, but some of it's going to hurt a little. Because when I was reading through and studying, I was like, oh you, know, oh, you know, right to the gut. Because I'm like, I totally do that, and that's a big mistake, and i got to fix that. But God's good. God's faithful. So... Is everybody in Genesis? Okay, so, and there's a couple of other things I want you to take home with you tonight. I want you to take home with you that your words carry weight. Your words carry weight. Too many times it's all, we, we focus on God's word. But we're going to talk about your words tonight. We're going to focus on that end of it. And the other thing is, I want you to take home is, I want you to make your words work for you. So those are two things, three things, to say I'm gonna judge myself, I'm gonna take home with me words that my words carry weight, and I'm gonna make my words work for me. So I really, really want y'all to focus on that tonight. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal about our words? Well, if we go back to the beginning and go back to Genesis, let's see why, why words in general are such a big deal. Well, right off the bat, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. The earth was without form. There was nothing and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, he used his words, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So let me get to it real quick, because I want to continue. 6, Genesis 1, 6. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters." Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters, which were under the firmament, from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and morning were the second day. So you get to 9, then God said. Get to 11, then God said. You go to skip down to 14, then God said. So God starts, he starts separating the waters from the heavens. He starts making dry land. And then so he's he's using his words to create and he's making them accomplish something. You know, he's using his words not only to create some amazing stuff. He's using his words to create some things that are actually still working today. Not just then, but things today. He said, "Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed." He set things up to continue. So his words were very powerful in this situation. Amen? I like the, um, the message Bible. It says, then God spoke, God spoke, God spoke, God spoke. You know, they don't leave out the importance that he did this with his words. So what's the big deal with our words? Well, God thinks it's a pretty big deal. It's what he used to get this whole ball rolling. Amen? So turn to Psalms 33.9. So God created things in the immediate, but he also created future things that continue on and they continue to bless. That's pretty powerful. Psalms 33, 9. And if you're taking notes, definitely please take notes. Because some of these scriptures you're going to want to go back to when you... Um, anyway... I'll get to it later, but you're going to really, really want to latch on a certain scriptures, some of these scriptures. Psalms 33, 9. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So are we made in his image and likeness? We are, and we're supposed to operate like him. You know, God looked out, and he saw that nothingness and that void, and he could have commented on it all day long. Boy, that looks terrible. You know, that's super boring. <laughs> he, he could have commented. He didn't. He didn't comment at all. He changed it. He didn't comment it. He corrected it. And we're supposed to be in his image, and we're supposed to watch over our words and be doing the same thing. We're a society that loves to comment. I mean, Facebook, I'm not down in Facebook. It's fun to see keep up with people, see what their kids are doing. But there's a side of it that it's it's what it shows what our society is more full of just commenting. Just just commenting on things. And I mean when you're you're socializing with somebody, that's great. You should. It's fine to comment, but make sure that you're using your words to impart grace to the hearer. You're not saying something that's Pulling them down or, you know what I mean. We're not going to focus on that end of it. That would be like a whole other sermon. But, but still, God didn't even do that. He just, he just, and this is how we should be. When we see something we don't like, he saw something, he's like, yeah, that's not good. He just fixed it. And he fixed it with his words. Amen. This is what our words are actually primarily designed for. Turn to Proverbs 18.21. So, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It just means whatever you love to say, you're going to eat its fruit. So, what do you love to talk about? Think about it. What do you talk about the most? Is it something that you want to eat its fruit? See, I told you, some of this is going to (laughs) hurt. It hurt, it hurt me because there I was. I had to make some major corrections, and this is not new. This is stuff I knew. This is stuff that you've heard. Um, I think I'm just bringing it on more of a like a basic level. And for me, I kind of needed that to stir myself up to remind myself that I'm my words aren't just words to just chat, and and that's not you know, their primary purpose. And not I I needed to stir myself up to remember that my words have a purpose. They have to have a purpose, and they carry weight. We have to be very, very aware. Our words carry weight. They're supposed to. That is if you believe what you're saying. You can't, you know, not believe in what you're saying. You can't, someone who, have you ever met someone that's a, I don't know what you call it, someone who lies all the time, I mean, they, it's the strangest thing, like, I mean, you even catch them in in multiple lies and confront them, and they just continue. It's it's a very bizarre thing. I've met several people like that. How many of y'all know that someone like that is, they're not going to believe their own words. This is going to be a real struggle. They're going to have to get free of that, they're not even going to believe what they're saying. If you're, if you're talking junk all the time and, well, it's just words and you're just throwing stuff out there, it's not a big deal. How much are you going to believe your words when you're trying to use them to correct something in your body or correct something in your family? Your, your, your faith's not going to be there like it should be if you're not more careful. So turn to James 3.2. I told you it's a little bit heavy because it makes you sit and think. What do what do I talk about the most, and what do I say? But let me tell you, it's ex- very exciting. By the time we get done, you'll be you'll be a lot more happy, I promise. Although this is probably going to be a two-parter, James three two through five. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Now that does not mean perfect, like Jesus perfect. Nobody was perfect. It means a mature man. You want to find out if someone's very spiritual? You can tell by their words. He is a mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, They are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know, if we put it in in today's example, we would say, you know, look at the steering wheel of a car. You know, how much does a car weigh? Like a few tons? I don't know. They weigh a lot. But if you... You've got that steering wheel, and you turn it, that whole thing's going to turn. Like, if, if they put it in the Bible in today's terms, they didn't have cars back then, just to make it, you know, maybe a little more relatable today, because most of you aren't riding horses or steering ships. <laughs> but still, I mean, it makes sense to Something really small can turn the whole thing around. Well, our answer to turn everything around is right under our nose. It's right here. It's what we say. It says in James, see how great a forest, a forest, a little fire kindles. Think of how one little match can do so much damage. Or a cigarette. We had someone in our neighborhood about eight years ago roll up to the stop sign and flick a cigarette out the window. And that thing just, we hadn't had rain in a while. It was very dry. Conditions were right. And the fire just, I mean, it just blazed. Within minutes, it was like, I mean, this was a couple acres away from us, and it was already up towards our house and up at our neighbor's house. They're out, you know, with the hoses trying to get it out. But I remember watching it. It pretty much jumped around our house. I mean, it was God. We were so grateful. But I just remember watching how fast it went just so amazed and then, then we didn't know at the time how it even started, but we found out later. Um, the fire guys found out and stuff. But but anyway, something so that's something so small. It's the good news and it's the bad news. You know, your words they it's it's not they're not it's simple. Let me put it that way. It sounds like it's something so simple, too simplistic but it can make something huge in the good way. It can in a bad way also, but it can in a good way. So, you know, with your words, you can put your entire body into subjection, and we should be. Some stuff you don't need to pray about. If something's popping up in your body, just... Take authority over it. Like, pastors has been preaching on it. Use your words and just say, I, I had this thing in my hand. I, I, I don't know if it was um, a tendon or whatever, but when my finger went down like this, it would just kind of hurt. And I hadn't done anything about it. I just kind of let it ride. And I realized one day it had been hurting for months. And then I did something one day where I think I tried to twist something, and it made it way worse. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like, no. <laughs> I finally took a stand and I just said, no. Like, And I commanded every part. I'm not, Michelle would have known every little part of that hand to tell to get right. So I'm like naming every part, you know, every ligament, tissue, tendons, muscles, <laughs> like every part of my hand. I'm like, you get right in the name of Jesus. And within and then I just went on about my, whatever I was doing. And less than an hour, it went back right. And, and I always had, for months, had a little bit of pain. I don't even know what started. It doesn't even matter. But it went back to where zero, like it had never happened before. And if I had done this a year ago, I don't know if I would have had that manifestation so quick. But the past literally five months I've been watching my words so close to make sure that I believe my words have weight. I've been meditating on those scriptures, and I've been confessing that when I speak, it's done, and when I command, it stands fast. And because I've been meditating on that more and more and more, it was so quick, so quick, less than an hour. And, I mean, like I said, it, it's like nothing had ever happened to my hand you know at all it was so easy it was just so simple and I know a part of it is because I've been meditating on the right things I've been meditating you know in God's words he his word has been stirring me up about my words amen it's really really easy. And when you first when you first start cuz maybe you're like, okay, I had something go on and I got all my scriptures and I got all my confessions and I've been saying them and I've been saying them. Well, sometimes you need to just go back to the beginning. Like we went to Genesis. Go back to stirring yourself up about the fact that your words do have weight and how meditate on how God changed things with his words and that we're made in his image, we're made in his likeness, we're supposed to be doing the same thing. We have that power. Nothing makes him more proud than seeing us reflect his glory. By doing that, doing and acting like him, we're supposed to. I mean, we're... For some people they're not going to know God except they see it through us. Amen. So let me find where I'm at. turn to okay oh before you turn there. So we were talking about the the steering wheel in the car. Um, when you have a situation that comes up, you have to be be mindful am I? Because this is how the world handles things. They have a situation come up, and they just talk about it. They comment on it. They tell 10 friends about it. And that's kind of their go-to, and that's what they do. And they may even express that they need help, or they want to change. They want a difference in the situation. I don't know what to do is what they're saying. Well, when you're saying, I don't know what to do, And this situation stinks, it's awful. I just can't believe it. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. You know, it's just back and forth. You know, when you're doing that, it's like you're in the car, you've got the steering wheel, and you're going down that horrible direction, horrible path on that road. What you're doing when you're talking that way is you're just pushing the gas, you're not turning your steering wheel at all, and it makes no sense if you really want change in the situation, you've got to turn the wheel. And that may be the hardest thing for you because you're going to have to say some things that are complete opposite of your situation right now. Your bills may be up to here, and in the natural, you don't have the money to pay them. Well, if you just keep looking at them and saying, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You're not turning your wheel. You've got to start saying, no, my God is meeting my needs. Those bills are paid. I call them paid, and you're turning your wheel. You're going to start going in the direction that you need to go when you start talking the right way and you believe in your words. Let me make sure you can't just say stuff that you don't believe. It doesn't work that way. So don't keep steering the car in the same direction. Amen? You may not believe, and and it may be something so big that you find scriptures that have your answer, and you want to start saying, calling, you want to call those bills paid. And I'm just using an example because everybody gets bills. If you have a house, you're going to get a bill that comes in. So everybody can relate to that, I believe. So you have a bill, and you know, okay, I'm going to call those bills paid. At first, you know, you might not even believe what you're saying, but keep start there. Start saying what God says about it, even if your heart is not quite hooked up at the beginning. And I think everybody knows you've said stuff and confessed things, and you're like, you you don't even feel it like at all. And you feel like it almost feels like a drudgery. I got to say my confessions. Say it and keep saying it, while you're, you know, every time you look at it, your heart will hook up, because how does faith come? It comes by hearing, and it'll come by hearing it out of your mouth. Your heart will hook up. It will. I promise you. Keep saying it. I had a, um, a, a disc that kicked out, and it was hitting my sciatic nerve, and then the sciatic nerve they say i think it's the largest one in your body or maybe one of and it shoots all the way down your leg and and it and it was bothering me for a while and i i realized you know i need to tell my body what to do i need to tell that disc to get back where it belongs <laughs> to be healed to quit touching that nerve, and and at first it was it was really tough because the pain can be so overwhelming that it can be you're just almost gritting your teeth. But the more I meditated on, you know what? I don't care. My words carry weight, and I had to st- I had to go back to the beginning and stir myself on it. No, my words do carry weight. My body will respond. You have to get feisty with. With, you, with stuff, with your body, with your bills, with whatever. If you're not going to get feisty with stuff, you're not going to get it. You just won't. You cannot just accept things. If you're that type of person, you can learn to change. Don't just accept stuff that's not right. The devil loves it when you just accept stuff. It just opens the door for him to do all kinds of things. Do not accept it. Get feisty and fight through it. And you know, anyway, healed from that problem, but I had to stay on top of it, and I had to keep myself stirred up, and remember, you know, my words do carry weight. What I say happens. Amen? Turn to Romans 417. So, a couple people in the Bible, I'm not even going go to go their stories, because it would take way too long, but Sarah is someone that did this. Sarah, when she heard... They were going to have a baby. Her husband's going to be father of many nations. What did she do? Was she like, yippee, thank you, Jesus? No. She laughed. Was her heart hooked up in this at all? <laughs> no. She wasn't ready for this. Did it still happen? Did, did, did she get it correct and it happened? Yes. And, and Abraham, God said, I'm going to change your name. To Abram. Well, I've always some people say Abram, I say Abram, whatever. But it mean it means father of many nations. And so God even had him change his name every time someone called his name, the new name. It's like they were saying, Hey, Father of many nations. Hey, father of many nations. So, and because back nowadays we don't really know what names mean, they don't necessarily mean anything when you name your kid a name. Back then, especially for Jewish people, it was huge. You couldn't call someone something without thinking of what that name meant. So he's hearing it because he was like asking the Lord, how is this even going to happen? And God said, God was, he's so smart. He changed his name. He heard it. And I know that he just, you know, it, it, it made it easy for him to hook up his heart with it. And they did have Isaac, and and then you can go back and read the rest of the story. It's in Genesis. And he is counted as the father of many nations today. So in Mary, the same thing, the mother of Jesus, she didn't laugh when the angel came and gave the word of the Lord to her. She didn't laugh, but what she did do, I guarantee she had some thoughts, though, like, how is this going to happen? Like, why is he picking me I know so-and-so over there, and they seem way sweeter than I or way more perfect. You know, everybody has those thoughts. Why me? And I guarantee you she had all those thoughts. But the the smartest thing she did, she said, you know, be it unto me. What What the Lord has told me, she was just like, whatever. All that stuff and questions doesn't really matter. But what came out of her mouth was, well, he said it. And that's the way it's going to be. Well, we have so many promises from the Lord on so many different things. We have to have that same attitude. Well, I don't care what it looks like or what it feels like. You know, it's what the Lord says I'm going to have is what I'm going to have. And I'm saying it, and I believe it. I'm hooking my heart up with it. And what I say happens. So, Romans, you guys are at 417? I'm going to read it from the Amplified As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So you're going to have to speak some things that sound, they almost might sound like you're lying if your bills aren't paid and you're saying they are but you, you get yourself stirred up and realize, no, I'm saying what God's saying. And when you do that, you allow him to move in your life. You allow the power to come in. So our words are a big deal in everything we do because think about how we, you got born again. What did you do? You believed in your heart, and then you said with your mouth, Lord Jesus, come into my life. How'd you get spirit filled? You believe someone told you it was a free gift? You you spoke, you asked for it, and then you spoke again. You spoke in tongues. Spiritual concepts are the same. Everything else operates the same. God started everything. He started the ball rolling with his words. We get born again by our words. If our words are good enough, to get us into the kingdom of heaven, they're good enough to get your bills paid. They're good enough to correct your body. They're good enough to change what needs to be changed in your family. They are. Amen? So does God hear what we say? Well, he does hear everything we say. Malachi 2.17, and I'm going to go through these scriptures real quick because I don't want to run out of time so you don't have to turn to it, but Malachi 2.17, it says, You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, In what way have we wearied him? In that you say, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? In Malachi 3.13, Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, What have we said against you? We don't want to have any words that question his faithfulness, or that weary him. We need to watch what we're saying. And words that, mean, I'm not. Is God getting weary like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to these people anymore? No, but, I mean, he's God. He's merciful. He's faithful. But he can't move. He, he wants to help us. He's on go all the time. But he can't. I mean, how frustrating would that be? You're there ready to help someone and they just won't take it from you. They just won't, won't do it. Well, that's us if we're using our words against him. We're speaking harshly, looking at the bills. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. It sure is a lot. Well, I guess I'm going to have to have a huge garage sale. I don't know. Saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I caught myself saying, I had to watch that specifically saying, I don't know, like, it's just so easy to roll off your tongue. I don't know about any situation. And I've started, like, uh uh-uh. I even tell kids in school, don't say you don't know. (laughs) You'll know. You'll get it. So I've started saying, you know, I'll figure it out. It's such an easy tweak to change something. Maybe you don't know right then. It's okay. (laughs) But don't open the door for the devil to come in and move. Amen. So who does our mouth belong to and our members? Psalms 12 says, help Lord for the godly man ceases for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart. They speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Our lips are not our own if we're born again. We should never be saying that. Most of the world, this is their motto. They can say what they want. I can say what I want. I can do what I want. Jesus is our Lord, and our lips are not our own. If you want him to be Lord, you want him to be, you want him, trust me, you want him to be Lord over every part of you, every part of you, trust me. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6.19. I feel like I'm speeding through it. because. Or do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, and also say in your mouth with what you say, and in your spirit, which are God's. So when we get born again, basically we die to self. We have to. You know, the good news is this is, it it may sound like to someone who doesn't understand or isn't born again, well, why would I want to do that? That sounds awful. Why do I want to have someone else be Lord over me? Why can't I just be Lord over me? Well, you got to understand something about covenant. It's not that we just get a good deal. Yeah, we get a really good deal, but there's something that happens when we say, Jesus be my Lord, and he comes to live on the inside of you. It's a covenant. And a covenant means what is what is ours is his. But, you, but covenant is the same. It, it's, it's what is his is ours. So it's, it's a two-way. It's huge. It's huge. Like I said, it's not just a good deal. It is But it's way, way more than that. Everything we have is his, but he's offering us it all on his end. We get to act like him. We get to operate like him. A majority of the world doesn't know this. When we hear this stuff, like we hear it tonight, we have a responsibility to walk in this. Because just like when we were praying for North Korea the the other Sunday, I guess it was, I thought, man, I'm sure there's some people out there praying for North Korea, but do they know how to pray effectively? You know, I know that we do. We've learned. We've studied the scriptures. So we don't, don't ever think, you know, oh, what am I affecting by, by what I'm doing? You have a great responsibility, great responsibility with what you're learning. But there's great reward attached to it. Great reward. Great reward. You know, we have eternity to look forward to and with great reward. Our time here is like this compared to our time in eternity. So we're in covenant with God. What is ours is his. What is his is ours. And the Bible says, you know, Jesus took back the keys. And he, we have the keys. We have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, think about a key. What does a key do? Somebody said a key will unlock a door and open it, and a key will lock a door and shut it and keep it shut tight. Well, we use our mouths as the key to bind and loose things. There's no accident why God talked about the keys to the kingdom It's no accident. It's tied to what we say. We have the power to change and to correct with our mouths. Amen? So does it matter what we say? Well, it's just words, after all. Just words, no big deal. Turn to James 1, 7, and 8. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now turn to James 3.10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. James 3.12. Can a fig tree, my brethren bear olives or a grapevine, bear figs. Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. We cannot in our daily lives be speaking against God and then be speaking like him at the same time. I think that's where we get tripped up so much. So we're, we're, we're constantly saying this on one side against God. Our words are harsh against him, and we don't even realize. We think they're just words. It's no big deal. And then we're saying on the other side, oh, I got my confessions and I'm reading the word and I'm saying God is good in this situation. You can't do both. James said, out of the mouth, out of the same mouth, proceed blessing and cursing. He said, my brethren, these things ought not be so. We have to watch what we're saying. Watch it with diligence. Amen. We cannot speak life and death at the same time. We cannot do it. Psalms 33, 9, I read it earlier. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. And remember that what you say will happen. But there's the other side of it. If you're saying garbage all the time, and it may not happen right away, Kind of like the little the little match starts starts this a little spark, it starts something something can start small and you say some garbage and you don't see you don't reap any benefit from it you don't, that you notice, you continue on and you continue on you know what your heart's going to be hooked up with it, and you will see that thing manifest, if you're constantly talking down about yourself or saying I can't ever get this done. I can't ever do that. I can't ever figure that out. You're eventually going to walk that out. You're going to walk in it. So we have to make sure we're not saying stuff like that. Amen? So one way to watch our words, to be really careful, is go to James one nineteen. And this one might hurt a little. <laughs> Somebody who's already read it. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath. And I'm not going to read the rest. Swift to hear, that means quick to listen. If somebody's talking, you're quick to listen. Some people aren't even good at listening. I'm just going to say, we got to be better at that, respectful of that. If somebody's talking to us, we listen. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen in church. Be quick to listen when your brother's talking to you. Be slow to speak. It's a good thing. Turn to Proverbs 10, 19. It may be, and some people don't talk a lot already, and that is going to be, like, not that hard for them. It's, like, an easy thing for them. Some people like to talk a lot, and I'm not saying that's a negative thing, Because if you are a motor mouth, but you're speaking what God's saying, (laughs) you're going to have a lot of stuff really going well for you. But I'd like to say probably not all those people who talk constantly are saying things that are godly. So we need to make sure if we're motor mouthing it, we're saying things that are allowing God to move in our lives, or they're imparting grace to another person. They're strengthening another person. Amen? So Proverbs ten nineteen In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Restraining your lips sometimes and not speaking can be the hardest thing in the world. I'd say probably every wife in here could say amen. <laughs> There's times you want to say something that you probably shouldn't say, and keeping your mouth shut when you know you should can be so hard. Please don't leave me hanging. I know I'm not the only person who feels that way. <laughs> it can be extremely, extremely hard. But the Bible says it's a good thing. Be slow. It's not saying don't speak. But it, be slow to speak. Turn to Proverbs 15, 28. And here, here's what you need to do. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked just pours forth evil. Study how to answer. You know, there's a guy in the Bible named Balaam, and he made some big mistakes, but before he compromised, he was known as a man in the Old Testament who, when he said something, it happened. And one of the other, I'm not that good with the story because I had just read it fresh recently. Another guy over another... Uh, had his own city or whatever, he was going to be attacked. He was bothered by these people. And he wanted Balaam to come over there and just speak curse, curse those people. And he came over and he was like, let me inquire of the Lord, and then I'll come back to you. How many times should we do that before we just give an answer? You don't always have to give someone an answer even when they're pushing for it. We need to make sure what we're saying, God's okay with it. It is a godly thing. It's a good thing. And you may not be able to answer someone at the moment. It says the heart of the righteous studies how to answer. We should inquire the Lord, what should I say in this situation? What should I do? Now, if you've got a boss and they're like, what happened with this and this and this? You need need to yield to them. They're your boss. Tell them. When it's when it's business related or work, I mean, if they're getting in your personal life, man, that's a different thing. But you know what I mean. You need to be subject to them because ultimately, they're held accountable. It may you may be giving them a bad report. Sorry, but this happened and it's horrible for our company. It's not on you. It's on them. You have to give them those answers. You know. So this is applying to your personal life and things that you. You are over. I just want to make sure we understand that. So don't go, anybody, go telling your boss off that, well, I'm going to go study how to answer you, and I'll be back to you on that. You'll probably get fired. <laughs> it's not the best idea. So who else is listening to our words? Because we establish that God's listening to our words. He hears us. So who else is listening to our words? Turn to Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. So Jesus, this is the good news. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He's listening. He's he's looking out to perform what we're saying. He's hearing us. He's, he's working for us. He's the high priest of our confession. He hears us. That's the good news. But the bad news is who else is listening? The devil's listening to what we say. And do you ever get in a fight with your spouse or with someone, and you know, you, you're thinking of something really nasty? Something that you know would be so mean to say. And don't look at me like that. Everybody's got in a fight. Why is it that you feel like like you're going to explode if you don't say it? Like it's all you can do to keep your mouth shut. Because the devil is, there's spiritual forces pressuring you to say it. And not just to say it, well, I say it and I heard them. It's just words and they'll forgive me later. No, you say stuff. He he operates just like God does. God is, the, you're opening the door for God to move when you're saying what God says. When you're saying garbage, you open the door to the devil and let him come on in and wreak havoc in your life. So we have to watch what we're saying because he's listening too. And you're, you're going to feel, because we live in this world, you're going to feel that pressure really, really strong. If you're alive on this earth today, you're going to have constant, constant barrage of pressure to speak out of your mouth things that line up with what the devil, what opens the door for him to move in your life. And that's the bad news. The good news is, We don't have to say things that allow him to move. Amen? We don't have to. We don't have to give him any place. No place at all. Zero. So our words were meant to work for us. I mentioned that in the beginning. I want to make sure that you take that home with you. Turn to Isaiah 56. I'm actually getting it done on time. This is amazing. Um, 56, 10, and 11. Our words were not just to express how we feel or communicate. The world's going to tell you that over and over and over and over, but that to the point that we believe ourselves as Christians that that's the point of our words, and it's not we use them to do that, but that is not and should never be our primary purpose, to comment, to express ourselves. It's not. Our words, our primary, primary purpose for our words is to accomplish something. They're to work for us. So Isaiah 56, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, it do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, yeah, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. If you haven't written down any, any other scriptures tonight, at least put that one down and meditate on it. Is it 55? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Is it 55? If you're gonna write it down, you need it right. Thank you. Is it 55 10? Okay, yep, I totally put 56. Thank you. Write down the right one. So you if you want your words. To accomplish what they please, they need to be the right ones. (laughs) They need, you want them to prosper in the thing for which you send it. Make sure they're the right ones. They're what God is saying about you, what God is saying about your situation. Because this does work both ways. It's just like reaping and sowing. It works both ways. You can sow a bunch of junk and you will reap it. You can sow a bunch of awesome things, and you will reap it. So it's the same thing with our words. Meditate in how they will go out and accomplish, but make sure they're the right words. And again, Psalm 33, 9, I read it two times already. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So we can command, and it'll stand fast. Remind yourself of that. When you're commanding your body, whatever the issue is to, to do to get straight, to do right, whether it's discs going back where they need to be, muscles, ligaments operating how they're supposed to be. You know, command those things to operate. And remember, it will stand fast. Our words are meant to be productive. They're meant to work for us. Make them work for you. Amen. They're supposed to accomplish much and bear good fruit.